Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm chatting about what's happening in the world of podcasting, both as a listener and a creator, with JJ Ramberg, co founder of Good Pods. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and share us with a friend. Sometimes seeing someone else's path to success helps us clearly map out our own. It's why we all like business podcasts, right? Well, I'm here to share a show for you to check out the Female Startup Club podcast, an amazing resource that shares insights and learnings from the world's most successful female founders, entrepreneurs, and women in business. In a recent episode, I loved hearing about how Michelle Grant, the founder of Lively, the lingerie and swimwear brand built and sold her company for $105 million in just three years. Total boss move. So if you're looking for a new pod to inspire your next steps, listen to the Female Startup Club podcast wherever you get your podcasts. JJ Ramberg is the co-founder of Good Pods, the podcast player where you can follow your friends, groups, and influencers to see what they're listening to. She's also the co-founder of DogDog.org, the search engine that donates profits to dog shelters. She was recently listed as one of Inc. Magazine's Female Founders 100, and Good Pods was honored as one of Fast Company's most innovative companies. JJ was an anchor on MSNBC for over a decade. JJ, welcome to Being Boss. I am so glad to have you here. Oh, thank you, Emily, for inviting me to talk to you. I appreciate it. Of course. I mean, everyone listening to this is a podcast listener, (laughs) obviously. I think everyone is really interested in what's happening in podcasts. Everyone has a bit of an invested interest in it. Um, So I'm excited to dive in into what's happening into this like wild medium that has just blown up over the past couple of years. I know. It's been amazing to see how the whole industry has grown, right? And people who I knew a few years ago who were like, oh, no, I don't listen to podcasts now are obsessed with them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Perfect. So then let's dive in. I'd like to start with just an introduction of yourself. Um, Who are you? (laughs) What do you do? And really, more importantly, tell us about the journey. How did you get to where you are today? Um, Sure. So I am the founder, co-founder of Good Pods, which is a podcast app where you can play podcasts and search for them, et cetera, like you can do on any other podcast app. Um, But the magic of Good Pods is that we feel like we've really solved the discovery problem. So on Good Pods, you can follow your friends and your favorite podcasters and experts and groups to see what they're listening to. 
And we started it. Well, we started for a few reasons, but one of them was on the listener side. I loved podcasts, but this was a few years ago. And I just found that I kept going back to the same ones because I was overwhelmed by all the choice out there. And I knew there were other things to listen to, but I just didn't know what they were. And I was like, oh, if I could only see what my you know, husband or my best friend, or, you know, someone was listening to. And so that's what we created. Like if you kind of picture Instagram, but just for podcasts. Yeah. No, I love the platform. I, I think all of the listeners mostly know that I'm not a podcast listener. I don't do it a lot. But y'all, if I'm listening to podcasts these days, I'm listening to it on Good Pods. And mostly so that I can see what, like I follow my team. What is my team listening to? I follow other bosses. It's such a handy tool. Um, but how did you get there? How did you get to building a podcast platform that solves the discoverability issue? Like that is... That's such an interesting niche product. I'd, I'd love for you to share like how how you find yourself in that place. Um, so when we came up the, with the idea, I was an anchor for NBC News, and mm-hmm. which I had done for over a decade. And I have another company also that I started with my brother. So I was already an entrepreneur. Um, and at the time, I had a podcast with NBC, which did well. But I knew it was also because I had NBC News behind me, right? And I just felt like, Okay, here we go again, where it's going to be the same voices bubbling up to the top who have these industry connections or deep marketing pockets or whatever it is. And so I really I came at this from two sides, one from the listener side, but also from the podcaster. And how do we elevate other voices? Because they're all these amazing people who you want to listen to. You've just never heard of them. And so my brother and I were just talking about this idea. And since we'd already worked together um, and already started a company together. And for my brother, it's actually his third company. Um, we just decided, let's go ahead and launch it and see if it works. And so now we launched it and it's working. So it's been really, really fun to just watch this company grow. Yeah. I love that you're even talking about, you know, getting into this discoverability solution from the side of you were already sort of easily discoverable more or less. Like, you know, you had a network behind you. And so it wasn't from a place of like, people can't find me. It was more of from a place of people can't find other people, (laughs) right? Like, how do I almost sort of even the playing ground um, or really elevate voices that don't have those deep pockets behind them to be to be found? So what was it like? I guess what was some of those early days? Like what? How did you how did you begin the process? Well, well, what's interesting now too, Emily, is in those days, right? If you had deep pockets, you could get discovered. But now there's so many podcasts that we get, you know, we get called by people who you would think have no problem getting discovered, right? Who also call us and say, wait, how can we be more involved with you all? Because even though I'm well-known someplace else, I'm having trouble getting people listening to my podcast. Um, but the early days, so the early, early days when we came up with the idea, I went and I talked to, I'm not kidding. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it is true. 700 people, either in person, over coffee, on the phone, on Zoom, you know, on email, 700 people to say, this is what I think the problem is. This is how I think we can solve it. Do you agree with me? And this was everyone from, you know, like obsessive podcast listeners to people who listen once a month to the heads of the biggest podcast production companies to podcasters, 
I mean, everyone. And so then I just took all that information, right? And then we used it to create good pods. Yeah. Because the discoverability issue is real. And you're right. It's not even just, you know, very top level. Um, it's it's everybody. Everybody is having problems, and in particular on Apple Podcasts. Like that one, I think is one of the worst. But also one of the things I did a couple of several months ago, maybe almost a year ago now, is I went through and I downloaded almost all of the podcast apps that are, you know, easily accessible on on, uh, the Apple App Store. And I just searched Being Boss, like Mm. the name of my podcast. And there were some of them where I didn't even come up when I was searching my own name. (laughs) Like that should not happen. So there is this real issue within the environment of podcast apps. Um, And even in some of the best ones that if you are searching for something, you are likely not actually getting the best results for what it is that you are looking for. So I love that. I love that you all have, you know, really gone with that at the forefront, because then it really is for podcasters, not just listeners. Well, really, it is for listeners. I mean, they need to find what they're looking for. Um, but it really is a sort of holistic view. And it, it makes sense. It just makes sense. And then I also love that you guys have added this um, this community aspect to it, right? It's not just really great search functions. It's that you are able to discover so many other shows based on the things that your friends are listening to. Well, it's so fun for me, right? I mean, I'm anyone who's a podcast listener has this experience where you're about to go for a run or get in your car and you're like, what should I listen to? (laughs) Right. And then you're like scrolling through, I don't know, finding top 10 lists somewhere or calling a friend or texting someone or I mean, all over Twitter, you see what podcast are you listening to? And so now what's so fun is when that happens to me, I come on a good pods, I go to my feed and I see what my friends are listening to. And as a result, I've discovered so many cool shows. And it's by episode for the most part, too. So it's like, I don't, someone doesn't say to me, like, go listen to my climate journey. They're like, here's the episode that I listened to that I love. I just said that because I just discovered this one yesterday because <laughs> I saw a friend of mine listen to it. And it was an awesome episode that I learned so much from that I, just, I would have never known about that podcast otherwise. Yeah. Wouldn't even have come up probably in our conversation. Right. And and so I really even want to lead into the next part of the conversation of like, of this is hopefully the future of podcasting, this place where discoverability is easier, sharing is easier, because the library of podcasts has become immense. <laughs> like it is massive and wading your way through all of the options and not even just shows, but episodes of shows or whatever it may be. You're right. It's completely overwhelming. And so this, this makes it easier and more fun. And you're able to connect with people along the way and get really great recommendations, which I absolutely love way better than what was happening in podcasting even three years ago. Yeah, I love my husband wakes up earlier than I do and often listens to something, right? And so I love being able to wake up. And by the way, you can make anything you want private. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> indeed, but, indeed. <laughs> but I love waking up and seeing what he's listening to. And then like when I go for my run, I'll often go listen to the same thing because it's fun. Then we get to go talk about what we you know discovered or learned or laughed about from the show. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So 
through building good pods, you have put your finger on the pulse of podcasting, right? And in a way that I think is probably a little more holistic than a lot of other platforms, right? You've like, you've solved some problems. You've made it a little more, um, a little more friendly to use for everyone. And so I'm wondering, I want to move into this idea of like, what is happening right now in podcasting? So bird's eye view, what do you think are the common themes that are that are coming up just generally in the world of podcasting these days? Um, well, over the past year, really, production value has gone way up for a lot of podcasts, right? I think, um, and also barriers to entry, which were already relatively low, have gone even further down. And so, so a lot of people are coming into the space and the space is becoming more mature. And so there are things happening around advertising and distribution, et cetera, where it's becoming a little less like the Wild West um, and people are trying to solve all kinds of problems. So, again, we're solving this community communication discovery problem, but there are other companies out there trying to solve some of the technical problems. And some, and so I just I think the the industry is just growing up some. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I love this idea of it of it maturing because you're mm-hmm. right. I think it has the the barrier to entry is lower, right? You anyone and everyone can start a podcast these days and they are, and I love that. Um but at the same time, those who are investing in it are really investing a lot into it. Like the amount of money I see going into producing a single show or that advertisers are pumping into their, you know, their their podcast strategies um, or whatever it may be is becoming a little mind blowing considering where we were just a couple of years ago. But I also think so. Yes, there, there's that with all these big companies spending tons of money, right, and treating it like like you treat a TV show or something. But I also think that people are realizing the power of of podcasts for for small niche groups. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, I've been listening to this one called Planet of the Climates, which is about a particular Web three organization called Climadao. Um, and and that podcast is for people who are interested and involved in this particular organization. And it's just a great way. It's almost like a newsletter, right? It's, yeah. It's just people are understanding that this is a great way to communicate information, even to a small group. Right, right. So it's not even necessarily about creating a podcast that lots of people are going to listen to so much as like really communicating the thing to the couple of people in some instances that are interested in what you do, which also I think is just a it's a sign of maturation, right? We don't all need to serve everyone, but uh, podcasting has become popular enough that you really can niche down incredibly sort of granularly. Yeah, that's why they're so fun. I always say, like, if I'm a lemon grower, I can go find some amazing podcasts on lemon growers. It's probably not an enormous audience, but it's super valuable to me. I'm just looking outside of my lemon tree, by the way. <laughs> that's what made me think of it. <laughs> I love it. Right. And you're right. It it has been um it has been really amazing to watch to watch podcasting grow in this way that now we are able to um, really find a podcast about just about anything, (laughs) Um, which is wonderful. And so it really does even make a place for anyone too. So if anyone is thinking of starting a podcast and you're wondering if what you want to talk about is too specialized, too niche, not, you can totally do it. It's not, but that's where good pods comes in, right? Because then you have to find your audience. Absolutely. You got to find your people. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. 
When it comes to growing your business, integrating the right tools at the right time to help you get the job done can be tricky. But the HubSpot CRM platform is a tool that can take the headache out of scaling your business, and it will continue to grow with you. But don't just take it from me. I understand the value of bosses sharing what's worked for them along their entrepreneurial journey. That's why today I'm bringing you the experience of a real boss using HubSpot to take her business to the next level. My name is Kim Dow, and I'm the owner and publisher of SAS Magazine, a Bean Boss podcast fan and HubSpot CRM customer. So for our business, running a magazine, we have three very different lists. Each of those audiences have very different interests and different goals. HubSpot allows us to create segmented and targeted lists to ensure that we're communicating and marketing to each audience group very effectively. And using HubSpot has played a huge role in helping to increase our open and click rates and to ensure that our readers stay subscribed to our e-newsletters. We love all of the features of HubSpot, and we've really been using it this past year to help grow our business. Throughout the holidays and into 2022, we'll be using HubSpot to set up more automation, such as chat flows and more list building tools. This will allow us to become more productive and more efficient in our time and our workflow. This is Kim Dow from SAS Magazine, and my HubSpot CRM platform helps my business stay connected. Learn more about how it can do the same for yours at HubSpot.com. Perfect. And let's look at, maybe let's look at 2022, like looking ahead into the future. If you see like what podcasting has been doing is maturing, right? Becoming more accessible for everyone, whether it's listeners or, um, or creators. Um, but at the same time, maturing in ways where it's growing and problems are being solved and money's being pumped into it and all of these things, where do you see things happening in 2022? And I want to start with consumers. So if if you're talking to listeners, what should they expect happening in the next year? From the listener side, more of the same, right? Just more great podcasts out there for you to listen to. Um, and then, you know, again, I just come back to Good Pods, people solving the issue then of how do you choose and how do you discover things, right? Because that for the listener, that's the problem. The problem is just there's too much and you can't figure out where to get it. And so... Um, so, you know, I can only speak for myself in that case, we're constantly adding new features and, and so just trying to make the app better and better. Yeah. I love it. One of the things that I, one of the things that I keep hearing is, you know, the number of podcasts that a single person listen to fluctuates consistently, but I also feel like it's going to end up diversifying a lot in the next year. So to... (laughs) make that make sense. Um, A couple of years ago, most people listen to four or five podcasts, right? You subscribe to four or five, you listen to them pretty religiously. Um, I think the pandemic hit and everyone's like podcast sort of pattern scattered, right? You weren't doing your commute anymore. So you stopped listening to that one that you listen to every Tuesday or whatever it may be and sort of things got shaken up. And we've had so much time at home that I've actually seen that number over the past year or so. I've heard it a couple of different ways, but uh, upping to where five, six, seven podcasts is what most people is listening to. Um, I'm blown away by like, when are y'all finding time to listen to (laughs) five, six, seven podcasts? That is amazing to me. Um, I think y'all have more hours in your day than I do. Um, But that number is growing. But 
I find that it's probably going to end up diversifying across more podcasts right over the next year. And that instead of listening to one um, super consistently, you're probably listening to twice as many shows, but really picking and choosing episodes. Um, And I see this in terms of there's so many more podcasts out there now than there was even two years ago, um, that it's going to be hard to squeeze in everything unless you are being a little more choosy with episodes um, and a little less choosy with shows. Yeah. I mean, that's what, so that's my own behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, and, and also I find this is why I like seeing what my friends are listening to because there are things that I'm, I'm not going to listen to every, I listened to one yesterday. It was um, today in esoteric history, I think was the name of it. Right. So I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to listen to that every single day, but I saw one on a friend's feed that was something totally interesting to me. And so I listened to it when I went for a walk. Um, and, and so that's what I really like. I mean, what I love about podcasting is that you get to like pop in and out of other worlds. Like I want to learn about climate change or I want to hear something funny or I want to, you know, whatever it is, something in web three, like I get to pop in and out of these worlds, but I need a guide. I need, I need my <laughs> friends telling me what to listen to. And Absolutely. so, and then there are some that I listen to consistently or right, that I subscribe to, but there are lots that I just, I'm like, Oh, that's a cool episode right there. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And so I see that being that being much more of the behavior of the listener um, as we as we move through and into all of these shows being created. I also I imagine that there being a really sort of drop off of shows being continued. <laughs> oh, there already is. Yeah, there already is. A lot of people try. I mean, it's like anything, right? It's like remember when blogging became a thing and so many people are blogging, then you, after a while, you're like, yeah, this is not for me. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, okay. So that's the consumer side of podcasting. Uh, let's look at the producing, like the creating side of podcasting. Um, what sort of things do you see happening in the next year or so from the creator side? Um, well, there's the, uh, good technology. I mean, the technology is already much better to record and um, and the hosting sites are making it much easier to distribute, et cetera. But I also think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff happening in advertising. Yeah. And so, you know, making it easier for you to monetize your podcast, if that's what you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of that. Those are the things that I'm seeing as well. And particularly around the tech, like even this morning, you know, Shore came out with their, um, their USB mic, um, a year ago now, two years ago now, um, which was previously unheard of. Like if you wanted a sure quality mic, you had to have the whole setup, right? Mixer, whole thing. You could not just plug that, that sucker into your, <laughs> into your computer. But now like the nicest studio quality microphones are becoming more accessible for people who just want to plug it into their computer. And um, and the SaaS products as well that make it easy for you to host or edit or distribute or whatever are all becoming so much more easy and diversified. You can do so many cool things. Uh, even here at the Being Boss team, we are doing um, doing so many things with the podcast that we were not doing previously. And then I also want to touch base on the topic of transcripts, which is something that has been coming up more and more over the past year or two. And it's something we actually talked about in uh, an episode, I guess, 
two weeks before this one? No, one week before this episode goes live. Um, I did an interview with Autumn Whit Boyd on what's happening in the legal world um, for online businesses. And this idea of accessibility is a big one. And it's one that I've seen popping up in the podcasting world a lot where people are getting sued for not having their podcast accessible to people who um, who cannot hear. So not having transcriptions. Um, so I do think that that is an additional sort of barrier to entry to be, you know, super compliant and accessible in the podcasting world over the next year. And I imagine there being more, um, more SaaS tools, right? More services and things offering or being offered around transcripts as it becomes more and more of industry standard operation for producing a podcast is you also have to make it accessible to those who aren't listening. Yeah. I mean, I think this again is all part of an industry growing up. Yeah. It's like, I mean, think of the industry as a startup, right? In the beginning, you launch something, you are just sort of like chasing your tail or, you know, working as hard as you can just to get this going, right? And then you get some processes in place and you get a little bit more money. And now suddenly you can start filling in the holes. And so I think this is just what's happening with podcasting. Yeah, for sure. Also, probably more celebrities. Yeah, well, definitely more celebrities. Way more celebrities. And I also imagine like more larger productions happening um, in the next year. I think so much, so many other podcasts are showing the value that podcasting offers and that value is just growing and growing that I imagine that more production is going to be going into some larger shows and networks and things like that over the next couple of years as well. It's really going to like put on this big girl pants. It is. But then I don't want to take away from, again, all of the kind of, you know, the creators, the indie podcasters who are out there putting great stuff together yeah. um, that may not have these huge budgets, but but to a particular audience is still totally interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what a what a great sort of medium that allows for both. Yeah. Yep. 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 I agree. Right. And equal accessibility, more or less, unless you're like behind Spotify's paywall or <laughs> any number of things, but really with pretty much equal accessibility in terms of having access to an audience. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Like the one I listened to yesterday, the My Climate Journey, it was just an interview. I mean, I'm I'm sure it didn't cost anything compared to, I don't know, Wind of Change, which I had listened to, right? Which was a big production and super expensive, but they both served a purpose for me to listen to. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Okay, perfect. I do love podcasting. I love being in this industry. It's such a cool space to be. Um, Okay, one of my favorite parts of these interviews that I've been doing is looking at sort of a comparison of what has been working, what is or isn't working now, and where things may be changing. So two questions. One is, in the world of podcasting, either consumption, you know, as a tech company that supports it, or like hearing from creators, What do you believe has been working in the past that is not working now in terms of podcasting? Um, Again, I'll stick in my lane here, which is discovery. So in the past, we weren't bombarded with so much great content, right? So it it wasn't as hard to find stuff to listen to because there were not as many choices. Now there are so many choices that the old means of discovery are not working. Well, I would say good pods is working, but that's right. That's what we're, that's what we're solving for. Yeah. 
No, I completely agree. Um, there is so much out there that it is so hard to, within you know the traditional platforms especially, to get discovered. Discoverability is consistently something that we are working on. And I will say the podcast platforms, but also I think Google. I think Google has a lot to um a lot to work on in terms of making audio um a more discoverable medium through the search functions just in that space. Yeah, and so and so I just think, you know, as the universe of podcasts continues to grow, discoverability for the for the consumer is just is the problem that that they need to solve. All right, boss, fresh year, fresh goals, plenty of fresh energy. How will you be harnessing it to help you build a business that better supports your life this year? If I may offer up a suggestion, get your money in order with FreshBooks. From fast and easy invoicing to automated late payment reminders and the ability to handle the hassle of currency conversion, FreshBooks is easy to use accounting software designed specifically with bosses like you in mind and has plans designed for all types of small businesses. So whether you offer a service or a creative agency or a podcast like us, you can choose a plan that's right for you. And no matter which you choose, you'll be saving time all along the way. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Perfect. Okay. Then the next side of this question, is there anything that hasn't worked in the past that you think is working now? Oh, well, um, I... uh, this is a little twist on the the question, but I think it is just growing. There are many yeah. more people listening to podcasts now. So it was just awareness of podcasts and how there's great audio content out there and how to find it. And right. So, so what's not working in the past is just the audience growth. Yeah. Like it. Uh, from this side of things, the thing that I want to add in here is advertising. Ad- oh, I feel yeah. like Advertising has really started hitting its stride in terms of really brand expectations. So, you know, for years we've had we've had conversations with brands and occasionally we'll have brands come in who will want to chat and they like they are using the space for conversion. And let me tell you what's not great for conversion. Being heard in a car that's driving down the road. Right. If someone is driving down the road or doing the dishes or on a run or whatever, they're not going to stop what they're doing. They're going to pull over on the side of the road. They're probably not going to dry off their hands and go to that link. Like it's just not really going to happen. And for a long time, that was absolutely the expectation. And I remember very early on um, having to do a lot of education with our sponsors of this is not a conversion platform. Like you are not going to convert. This is a brand awareness platform. Everyone's going to hear your name over and over again. And that way, whenever it is time for them to find the solution that you have, you're going to be top of mind. And it took, I've had many conversations and had many advertisers turn around, um, Many times because they were coming for conversion. 
But finally, (laughs) I feel like over the past year or two, um, people who are advertising in this space are understanding that this is not a conversion platform. It's a place for brand awareness. Um, And those conversations have become so much more easy and so much more engaging because they're not here to put an ad in a thing and just get some conversions out of it. They want to engage with your audience, right? They want to really invest in things. And this is, you know, this is more or less across the board. There has been this mindset shift in advertising in the podcast realm that I think is finally beginning to align with how this medium actually works for brands. Right. It makes sense. I also think beyond that, there's also just a greater awareness for brands that um, podcasts are a great place to advertise. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it. And I also I also really love that there has been such a community that has been built um, within the realm of podcasters. I think that's something there wasn't really one in the beginning. I remember when Kathleen and I started the show, it was like we were the only people we knew who had a podcast. Right? <laughs> we were it. And now there's like communities and events and newsletters and all of these things. It's um it's really great to see the sharing of information um and the community built out of this space too. It's um there's so much working I think in the world of podcasting now that wasn't even there to not work. <laughs> exactly. In the past. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Perfect. So okay. Then I guess to sort of wrap this up, I'm wondering if you have any any words of advice for someone who may be thinking about getting into the podcasting game. And podcasting game, like maybe someone is just a light podcast listener and want to like really devote themselves to learning new things through podcasting um, or through listening to podcasts, or maybe someone who's thinking about starting their podcast. Um, What sort of words of advice do you have for anyone in that space in the beginning of 2022? Um, sure. So for someone who's uh, wanting to start a podcast, I would say, um, think about it. Think about, do you have the time that you want to dedicate to this? Do you have something that you want to say that you feel like people want to listen to? And if the answer is yes to both of those things, then just do it, but do not expect it to take off right away, you know, and, and it's going to, it's going to, the production is only part of it. The getting the word out of it is the other part. And just know that going in that there are two sides to this and you're going to have to work equally hard at both of them. But but there's no reason to not give it a shot, right? If you have the time and you have the inclination, there's no reason to not give it a shot. Um, for listeners who want to listen more, again, I would say go use Good Pods as your player because it is an easy way for you to discover by episode really cool things that your friends are listening to or, you know, people who like what you like are listening to. And so it it is, it will take away sort of the like paralyzing um, overwhelmedness of how many podcasts there are out there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes to the good pods. Again, guys, I use good pods. This is not sponsored either. I just love it. I've talked to JJ before. I had to have her come on talk to talk with me about this. Um, but I know. I apologize. <laughs> I feel like I'm sounding like a commercial, but it's because we keep talking about discovery, and I'm like, "But wait, we solved that problem, <laughs> right?" You do. It's a really great platform, and I love it for that. Um, and then I also I want to go back to this uh, what you were saying about about people who are looking to create podcasts because I think if I were to add something to this as someone who's like watching the space from like a from like an academic standpoint, I guess, from a strategic standpoint, um, 
and someone who's in it is one of the things that I keep sort of seeing. I'm including this in an upcoming issue of our brood newsletter. I think maybe the one that goes live with this episode where I've seen this more and more in in the Being Boss podcast. And I also recently saw an analysis around this as well, is that half of new downloads for shows is your archives in general. So like if you are releasing new shows every single week, only half of your downloads every week are generally going to be for that new episode, meaning that your archives are staying warm forever. And that's something that is not happening on Instagram, (laughs) right? Like once you post something, it's gone. And even in the world of blogging, that actually is probably a little more comparable because Google search will continue to index it. Um, It's something that I am seeing paralleled in uh, Pinterest as well. But in general, podcasting is a really great evergreen medium. And so you can create content that really does sort of live on for a while. I even have friends um, who have created a podcast, had a limited run of episodes, and those are still sending people clients right? They're still getting clients from their episodes. They're still getting downloads. They are still like if they're using a um, an app that has good um, discoverability, <laughs> right? They're still being able to be found. And so there is this evergreen nature to podcast um, that makes me feel great because in most mediums that people are currently using, evergreen isn't an option. But with podcasts, it really is there. Our episodes, our weekly downloads, Half of our downloads are from our entire archive of podcasts. They really do have some staying power um, that I think should encourage people to use this medium. Um, And along those lines, feel free to do short run um, seasons or maybe just a season, maybe a show that has six episodes and you move on to the next project. Um, I think that shows um, gone at with that sort of purpose and intention have a lot of, um, a lot to give someone who is a creator. Um, you know, Emily, when we, I was telling you about those days when I talked to 700 people before we launched good pods, um, when we were still trying to think of what this was going to be and how people will share and listen, et cetera. Um, one of the reasons at the time we didn't realize we were going to be a player. Now we're a player as well. So you can play. And we thought we would just be a sharing mechanism. And one of the reasons we were really focused on sharing by episode, not just by show, because you can do either, was because I spoke to um, this guy, a good friend of mine, who is one of the top podcasters in, in the country. And he said to me, look, I have an archive of two years at the time of shows that I want to get in front of people again. And so like for someone to share an episode from a year ago on your platform is meaningful to me because then I get them back in because again, it's evergreen. Yeah. It's evergreen content that you spent a lot of time and energy creating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of it. And and that's something that I think through the years of discoverability becoming better across most platforms um, is really becoming reality, right? These old episodes really do have really great staying power. Um, it's something that we experienced our first episode, our first episode, we recorded our first episode seven years ago, eight years ago is still one of our highest downloaded episodes because people will go all the way to the bottom 
start there and continue through. And then there's also a couple of key episodes that are just really great for discoverability around. They have great keywords um, that are up there too. So it really is an interesting platform. Um, I think a better use of time than most social platforms if you are creating like a keystone piece of content. Um, so for creators who are thinking, you know, if it's worth it long term, I think so, even if you're not making a long term commitment to producing a podcast. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. I'm also wondering, before we wrap this up, you sort of sparked this in me. 700 people, 700 podcasters. One important piece was old episodes. Can you share any other sort of key things that you took from those 700 podcasters? <laughs> it was 700 podcasters, listeners, producers, listeners, yep. podcasters. It was everyone. Um, I mean, look, all the key things that we learned, we put into the app, yeah. which is, you know, which is that. Um, like it's hard for me to know what to listen to when I'm going out for a run because I, someone told me about something at a dinner party, but when it gets time to listen, I forget what it was. I wish there were a place I could find it or, you know, a creator saying, I want to be able to have a way to interact with my audience because this is such an intimate um, medium. And yet I want to be able to respond to them in some way. Right. Then we heard from indie podcasters saying we don't get on top. 10 lists because I can't compete with the daily. Right. And so we created indie podcast lists. And so, yeah, I love that. A lot more stuff like that. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, JJ, for coming and sharing this conversation with me. I will say, everyone, go check out Good Pods. Come find me and follow me, and you'll see the rare occasions in which I will listen to a podcast (laughs) and (laughs) see what I'm listening to. Spoiler sometimes I do listen to Being Boss. <laughs> right. Um, where can people find more about Good Pods and you around the internet? Um, you can go to Good Pods, download it on the App Store or the Google Play Store. I'm on Twitter or Instagram, JJ Ramberg. Um, or you know what? If you want to reach out because you have an idea, you can email me, JJ at Good Pods. JJ, what makes you feel most boss? Um, it is not sitting here talking to you and like <laughs> <laughs> running out there with a blanket over me because it's so cold in my house. <laughs> okay, perfect. So not that, but what is? <laughs> what is the thing that makes me feel most boss? I don't know. Working with my team, having created something that we see that people are using and they're excited about. That's that's what gets me excited. It's funny. I don't. I don't ever think like. I'm a boss, but I just, I love, I love working with other people and creating stuff that we think is helping the world. Well, I definitely think that that is part of the definition of what a boss is a hundred percent. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that with me. And thank you for coming for this chat. Thanks, Emily. All right, boss, because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood. We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brood. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work.
Be boss. Yeah.